0: Welcome to the Three D Podcast. Once again, my name is Sean Coleman. Obviously, we're leading up to the season. Our co-host Justin Lewis will be back with us here in the coming days. Uh, but we're wanting to continue our series, and, and I'm, I'm very glad it's been a very successful series introducing the new uh, Grizzly Bear Blues Talents Riders. Uh, we've introduced four of them, and now we have our fifth one. Um, and, of course, last but not least, um, Ed Memphis joins us today. How are you doing today, Ed?
1: Man, doing great, man. Feeling fine, man. I can't complain. How about yourself, Cat Daddy?
0: I can't complain at all, man. Just it's been it's been a nice, relaxing Sunday, and uh, ready for uh, ready for the season to get here. So, but uh, basically, it' been looking forward to speaking with you. I know that uh, you've uh, you've obviously put some effort in, and uh, it's been rewarded uh, being a part of Grizzly Bear Blues now. Uh, so, congratulations, by the way, on uh, joining the team.
1: Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, man. It's been great so far. Uh, man, I'm just happy to be on board, you know, to be on a winning team and, to, you know, see what I can contribute to the table and, and and to see what, you know, what comes about it, man. Just being able to learn and have this experience. That's going to be, you know, uh, definitely something I'm looking forward to.
0: And that's, and you're exactly right. You know, it, it, it is an experience, but you know the thing about it Ed, is that's why I like talking with folks, especially for the first time is really getting to know them. So please in, introduce us to yourself. You know, what you go by the name Ed Memphis. What is Ed Memphis? Who is Ed Memphis? Uh, just give us a little bit of your background and, and what led you uh, to wanting to, to, you know, gain the platform to talk about the Grizzlies amongst other things.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, Ed Memphis is a uh, is a loving man of God. Uh, you know, he's a he's a husband. He's a father too. Um, he's uh, definitely uh, someone that's uh, definitely versatile minded and 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 has a vision in life. Um, and this is a part of it. Part of that vision was um, being a writer with the Grizzlies, uh, writing and contributing. But not just the writer, but creating grizzly content in general, so uh visual content, writing, musical, a lot of different content pertaining to the grizzlies i mean i as a kid i you know honestly wanted to be a general manager growing up, and uh maybe um uh, later on down the line, I'll just own the team instead, but in the meantime, uh you know this is a person that's just really um receptive to life and humbled by life experiences and uh, and just, you know, determined to grow, man, to be the best, you know, man and husband and entrepreneur that I could be, you know, and that's, you know, that's square business.
0: And that's the thing that I'll say about you, Ed, and the little that I, while it has been limited on my interactions with you, the one thing I can say that you seem to enjoy is interaction. You put value in communication, interaction, you know, talking, uh, with folks, and that seems to be something that you know. Not only do you enjoy doing, but you know you're also talented at. Um, and, and that, my guess is that that comes. That is part of what you want for this brand of Ed Memphis. That's one of the ways you want to build it up via social media things such as that. Would that be a correct take? Do you feel the power of communication interaction is big nowadays?
1: Absolutely, conversation rules the nation. You know that's that's been the phrase that pay. So you know that's what I grew up by growing up in Memphis I'm from you know I'm from all over Memphis you know I can say I went to Germantown High School I went four years there I played football two years there uh two other years I was uh going through different little phases of, of, of being an entrepreneur i say that and it kind of got me distracted um and you know the thing about it is Communication is what, you know, it's it's the key to life. I mean, in every aspect, if you want to just keep it 100, uh, I mean, communication is everything. You know, one thing that I've learned to survive is to communicate with people up front. You know, specifically just be communicating the truth of matter. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things I learned is, you know, coming up as a, I'm an artist, and um, that's how I created the brand Ed Mrs. uh just my experience in life. And I honestly didn't choose to be artist in the sense, I actually, um, I used to write when I was young and I was like, man, I don't wanna be uh, just like another black guy that wanna be a rapper growing up. You know what I'm saying? I wanna do something different. So I wanna be a general manager. And as much as I pursued that element, it just, uh, you know, the route that I was taking, which was trying to be more traditional with it, it just wasn't for me. It just didn't present itself. So what did present itself is the you know hip hop, the culture and everything that comes with it, which is including the streets, you know, the the sports, uh, uh, the music, and everything else that comes with it. So with that being said, communication was important in all of that. Every walk, every path that I took. You know what I'm saying? Why I'm still here today is I just always kept it a hundred with people, no matter what. You know, you may hold a little bit of the truth, you know what I mean? But <laughs> But, you know, in general... Just keep it, you know, keep on keep a buck with people. You know what I mean? And that, that way from there, they can make the decision on how they're going to roll from there accordingly. But one thing about it, people always respect the fact that you kept it real with them up front. You know? And so, so that's yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I agree 110%. That's why we're doing this right now. We're taking the opportunity to communicate with each other. We're learning a little bit about each other. You know, I, I'm the same way. I'm not from Memphis myself, but uh, the joy of the Grizzlies is what brought me to uh, Grizzly Bear Blues. Uh, the, the desire to want to expand abilities to present my content uh, is what led me to, you know, doing the 3&D podcast. So I completely agree with you. And that's kind of what I'm gathering about in Memphis. Basically what it is, is you are wanting to become a source where you have gained experience and you know you from from the things that you've lived life through the things that you enjoy you want to be an original source of content for your perspective on those things you enjoy so you can present them to others in a way that's entertaining would that be a good way uh, to describe your goal for your brand ed
1: absolutely absolutely and even in addition if you don't mind me adding to that um you know, it's it's one thing to be to be able to present great content for yourself, but it's so much other content in the world. And from a business perspective, and then from a legendary perspective, a person that personally wants to create a legacy, it's one thing to be great, but it's a whole other thing to be able to create other greatness out of your success. You know what I'm saying? To be able to put other people on and make other people, uh, help other people get to stardom. You know what I'm saying? And what they need to get to in life. That's the true sign of, of, of a true legend, a true God in the game, you know, so, so to speak, or I guess for a lack of words. So uh, that's what I strive for. And that's, that's the type of mentality I have, you know, even in we were talking about a uh, 2k just before we got on. And even in 2k, no matter what type of build that I play with on the game, I'm a passer. I'm I'm naturally going to be the person that can create for other people. I'm going to play great defense. I'm going to do all the other stuff. And, and even though I may have the ball in my hands, I don't mind being the guy that doesn't score. I'm cool with getting 8-9 assists, 8-9 rebounds, 4-5 steals, 3-4 blocks. And I feel like I was the man anyway. So that's just, you know, the mentality I look at it. so absolutely.
0: Man, you were only averaging 8 or 9 assists. Dude, I was dropping 25 a game. That was an easy bro. <laughs> I was dropping twenty five again. No, I'm just kidding with you.
1: Well, hey, you easy. know what? Hey, you give me twenty five, you give me ten, ten, and ten. I'm happy. I'm cool with that.
0: Triple <laughs> double machine. I got you. I got you. Well, Ed, that that is one part of the uh, the year that we're in. Obviously, right now, you know, I, I, as I've stated before, it seems like that the NBA calendar is is ten alive months, two dead months: August and September every year are kind of quiet when it comes to NBA action. But of course, every year now, speaking of building a brand, you've got the 2K brand that has come out. And you mentioned yourself, you Mm -hmm. like the idea of wanting to be a general manager. You know, things happen to where, you know, you're now the general manager of your own brand. But also, of course, with 2K, you get that experience as well. And let's talk about that a little bit. 2K, when you have played 2K in the past did it always seem like the Grizzlies were shorted? They never were a team that could score. And no matter how successful we were in real life, did it not always seem like the Grizzlies were kind of given a, the, the short end of the straw when it comes to 2K? They always seemed to be one of the worst teams on the game because you couldn't score
1: with them. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man, no doubt. I, I feel the same way to a certain degree, uh, especially specifically like Mark Gasol's rating. I just feel like, and me, personally, I think Marcus Gasol is, is not the most underrated player. He's definitely one of the top most underrated players of this generation, of the past generation. Um, I mean, he gets an 86, and he'll get, like, defensive player of the year, or all-star, and average, like, 18, 9, 5 assists, and 2 blocks. It's like, are you kidding me? He gave this guy an 86, and he had to, you know, he his metrics defensively are probably off the chart. They usually are. Even last year, his metrics, you know, despite what everyone was saying about him, a lot of his metrics were great. Just play with a lot of bad talent. It just you kinda saw it in his expression a lot. But yeah, I definitely felt like two K is um has, has always slighted us to a certain degree. Even with uh Tony Allen's rating, you know, Tony Allen's never even been rated at eighty, I don't think. You know, and that's crazy considering the defensive impact and the um you know, the, the the mental impact that he has on the game, you know, being an alpha dog, especially having that alpha dog mentality that he has. All of that should be considered in the rating, and that's what a lot of Memphis was built on is, I think the thing that it is, is Memphis is not, it's a hard team to gauge because if you're looking at just straight phys- physical attributes, you know, run, jump, and, and uh, elite shooting, we never had any of that just on, on an elite grand scale, you know, so what made us special was the intangibles, the heart, the grit and grind. And I think that that's something that's kind of, you know, difficult to, to gauge, especially in the video game. Um, but you would think as smart as 2K and as advanced as it's become that they would have been able to, be, you know, get a better grip on it by now. But the good thing is, man, uh I know this is a winded answer, uh, we got, Job, ja, you know, Job ja Morant, and we okay. got uh, – Jared Jackson Jr., and we got Brandon Clark, and I just think all of them are going to be all-stars. I really believe I think all three of those guys are going to be all-stars, and I think they're going to change the entire perception of how people, you know, view the group. They're finally going to be marketable, and they now finally have talent that's, um, you know, more um conducive to how they gauge ratings, and, you know, they, they give players, you know, the, the props they deserve on the game, if that makes sense.
0: No, it makes perfect sense, and I'll be honest with you. I really do think that 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 things have changed this year. I, I've not looked more forward to getting the 2K game um, in the past Man. than I have this year. With this young core in place, and especially as young as they are and as young as they are and, and them being involved on social media, I really think with the exciting brand people expect for them to have, there's really a lot of opportunity for – you mentioned the marketing – for this, the overall uh, recognition of the Grizzlies brand and team, it could raise with two K, especially if you know they they these guys develop in real life. I think that they all could be very successful. But I think that the style of play for the Grizzlies in reality, if it translates to two K in the coming years, I think this is a great avenue for it for them to be marketable and for 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 um, you know them to really connect with you know the basketball world outside of Memphis. Would you agree with that? Ed, do you think that this year, with the way that our roster is set up, people should be more excited to play with the Grizzlies on 2K? It feels like more people will play with the Grizzlies on 2K than they have in the pack.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, these are much more 2K-friendly type of players. There are a lot of players that are more offensively talented than anything. Grayson Allen, John Moran. Uh, even Dylan Brooks to a certain degree as a scorer on the game. Uh, uh, if Iggy's still on the roster, you know people know how to cheese. Yeah, I know what that is. You know, like cheesing down the court, which is like you know just taking advantage of the speed and the athleticism glitch. Kind of in a sense that it is with you know the advantage on the other players blowing by him with an Iggy, you know, and just dunking on them all game or you know catchy alleys or he'll cutting baseline, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's a team that's um, – and I of course, Jaron Jackson, oh, my God, you got a player that can shoot the three, that can block a shot, they can come down court, rebound – I mean, they can defend you from the three-point line to the perimeter if you decide to – I mean, to the rim if you decide to take it there. Defend you at the rim, probably block your shot, rebound it, bring it up court, and shoot the three. <laughs> he sounds like, like a crazy shot situation. That, like, that's – those are the type, you know what I mean. Those are the type of players that you yeah. want on 2K that's gonna really resonate with these young because That's what they usually build now. Everybody on 2K, if they build a my player, it's a it's a shot creating stretch. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Talking- it's something like that on 2K. And, you know the you know the, the cast that really play my career stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? So. So now you got a guy who can be a shot creating stretch elite defender like that's crazy. Who isn't gonna want to play with stuff like? Then you got John Morant playing like Magic Johnson and, and just hit a six three body. You know, I mean, it's, it's 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 definitely you know gonna be a popular situation. And also Josh Jackson. I mean, God forbid. I just I just pray that this staff has an understanding of guys and they really. Uh, I I pray that he has favor with this staff, and I pray that he himself personally has gotten himself together, got his act together, because he he really capping out here acting the way acting, just getting caught up in stupid stuff, being a millionaire, <laughs> you know. So hopefully he's gotten that together, uh, because if so, I mean he is just gonna add an entirely different element to this thing. It's it's funny how a lot of people have said what they said about him lately. I've heard and it's mostly not even good. Even some of the people that are from Phoenix that have talked about who he is and they just like you know me personally though i've seen this cat play on the court and i know if he can get it together mentally he has what it takes to be a really important piece for us so
0: So ed i think it's great that you mentioned josh jackson and talking about you know um really hoping that this coaching staff can um you know put him in a position to succeed well Kind of like in the pat in the past with the era of the grit and grind. Uh, you know, a, an era that, you know, we have passed, but you know, as me and you discussed off air, you know, more of an evolved grit evolved grit and grind. One instead of, you know, slowing the game down and being based off physicality, you've now got athleticism where you can pick up the pace of play. But Josh yeah. Jackson Josh Jackson and several other players Coach Taylor Jenkins, it seems, may want to base his scheme off their talent, off their talents, off their skill sets, and a lot of that is based off defense. Do you feel it makes sense for this team as they go forward in the future? Just like the grit and grind era, that they should really put a focus on defense and try to win through that, even though you know there's a lot of potential for you know an offensive revolution, you know, compared to past Memphis teams.
1: Oh uh, man, that's gonna boil down to the coaching staff. To be totally honest with you, I think you now I think uh, another element of of evolving is they could be the grit and grind in reverse, a grit and grind version of a high octane offense. You know, so they can just be run, jump, slam dunk in your face, three point shoes, pull up, just applying all types of, of offensive pressure on you and defensive pressure, and just applying a basically a grit and grind on steroids type of deal, if you will. So that's a factor that could be in with it too. But uh, I think the, to get back on point, I think that boils down to the coaching staff, man. And I'm not going to lie personally. I have, you know, I have my concerns with the coaching staff. I didn't really like how it was put together at all. But, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully it's, you know, it'll come about, you know, they'll make something happen. But usually when the coach, if you, if you want a lot of pressure it usually comes from a coach that uh, that has that type of personality, if you will. You know, the team is really ultimately a lot of times a reflection of the coach. You know, so I will say this: Taylor Jenkins did come from Bud and uh, staff, and I love Budenholzer. I always say, you know, uh, Budenholzer turn crap into sugar, basically, especially in Atlanta. So I I gotta give Budenholzer his credit, like he's a heck of a coach. But um, and I don't. I'm willing to give Taylor a chance, but my goodness, I just did not like how they put the coach staff together at all. So I'm not gonna lie. I do have my concerns about whether or not they could, you know, apply that intensity because it would really have to be something that resonates from somebody on the staff. You gotta have somebody that's in charge that really uh, implants that. And to be totally honest with you, that's why it's important to keep somebody like you, almost to the point of it being worth possibly paying him the 17 million if you have to. You're not going nowhere anyway. You're not going to get a star in no trade anyway. So why not just spend the cap on on that leadership? Because if you don't have that type of personality in the locker room as a player, nor do you have that type of personality on the staff, where the heck is it going to come from?
0: And it's almost as if like and, and I get your point. Um, you know, it seems like that the Grizzlies, they it's not necessarily that they just ignored experience, but they they focused on gathering together a group in the front office, in the coaching staff that can really embrace a, a new take on things, a new direction, a one that wouldn't connect with the past. And, and I think that that was important, you know, because we, we, over the past two years, it just seemed like our leadership was so focused on getting back to where it was in the past that it was really hard to do that, you know, in a with a scheme that was based on the players that they had in their primes that had gotten older. But so I I take that your point, you know, when you look at how the Grizzlies have done things, I get it. They don't don't have a lot of No, you're fine. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't want to let it get too far into the call. I just wanted to touch specifically on that. I mean, that's great content. Even what you just said right there by itself to answer that. I feel like it wasn't necessarily the, the coaching staff that was put in place at all. The problem was it wasn't even that the players got too old. It was the fact that you guys that, that that the Grizzlies decided to, to replace the you how do you replace Zach Randolph and Tony Allen and not replace them with an alpha dog mentality? You just replaced the two alphas on the team. Who's the alpha? It's definitely not Mike Conley. Mike Curley's not an alpha-doll personality. He's just not that type of guy. He was never that type of player. He's a Robin. He's a great Robin, but he's a Robin. Marcus Gasol doesn't even want to be an alpha. And I love Marc like Probably my favorite Grizzly elder, Hill and Zach Reddolph, is 1A and 1B. But he doesn't even want to be that. He doesn't even pretend to be that. Mark, Mark don't even care if he scores. Mark's, Mark's a perfectionist when it comes to basketball. So he doesn't even – that's not even in his DNA. It never he, Powell's not an alpha, dog. So it's just not, it's not that bloodline. So who do you replace as the alpha? Garrett Temple? <laughs> so that was the problem. It was the fact that they, it was a personality problem. You just didn't have an alpha in that team that really rallied. it. Nobody's listening to Garrett Temple. That's why Amari Casby probably was ready to slap him in the locker room. I love Garrett Temple. He's a great guy. I love him as a player. But he's not – He's not an alpha dog. That's not somebody nobody's gonna follow. Let's just keep it up.
0: So then Ed, will ask you. That's just
1: the way I look at it. I think that was the problem. I think that's what people didn't pay attention to, and I think that's what they're not paying attention to now. When you look at the teams that are great, they have alpha dogs: Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Kevin um, Durant, Draymond Green, even Klay Thompson to a certain degree. so So you know, it's just. LeBron, you know you can go around on every team that's that's meaningful and purposeful. They got an alpha dog, not just a star talent but a true alpha dog. So.
0: so the alpha dog approach is both mentality and mindset with Tony and Zach, you had the mindset with Mike and mark you you hopefully had talent to an extent, but i I get it, and I agree with you to an extent. Memphis has always had a bunch of Robins. You know, I'm a huge Batman and Robin fan myself. I agree with you. The one thing that has been missing, it always seemed like we had a ceiling of second round um, in, in the playoffs. Even the year that we got to the Western Conference Finals, it was because, um, you know, another alpha dog went down and Russell Westbrook. So then let me ask you this question, Ed, when it comes to this team now, this roster now, the talent is there. From a mentality perspective, do we have an alpha dog? And do you feel like that talent-wise, we're going to have enough of a transit – one of these guys will be enough of a transistent talent to really give us a chance at the finals in time?
1: Oh, heck yeah. We, we got two, really three, possibly four. You got John Moran Jared Jackson, let's get the two out of the way. And then you got Brandon Clark, who people just, it's just hilarious. I've heard people say that they just, they you know, before the Summer League, of course, people were just, you know, they didn't know. So it was hilarious. It was like, you know, man, y'all just don't know. Do your research on this guy. This guy is the god in metrics. Like, literally, he is just ridiculous. So I was like, man, you know, so definitely those three. And then fourth is potentially Josh Jackson. And then, you know, to be honest with you, I'm intrigued with Grayson Allen. I like Grayson. He does some stupid stuff sometimes. He's like, dude, you almost want to slap him. That's why you almost want to have somebody in the locker room that's got that OG respect. Where, dude, you ain't even going to jeopardize. You're not even going to compromise us like that, dude. You know, so that's why it's important to have that. But, yeah, talent-wise, um, man, absolutely. You got Jared and Ja. You got transcendent talents, man. This is not, you know, this is not some. This this ain't chopped liver. These are the two most talented prospects the Grizzlies have ever had. That's just right.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I, I Well, let me take that back. I will. I, I have stated that Jaron Jackson Jr. I feel is the most naturally the, the best natural talent the Grizzlies have ever had. I think John Morant has a ceiling that could exceed Mike Conley, but as uh, in terms of overall impact on the game, I could see Morant. They won't have similar styles of play. I don't think. But in terms of their impact on the game, I could see Morant and Conley kind of having similar careers in that perspective. But I do agree with you. This collection of young talent, it's been a long time since we've had this much young talent on the team, and it's very exciting to see for the future.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I don't think enough nothing has been said about this, this front office now. You know, I didn't like how they did the coaching, but as far as the rosters and just the aggressiveness, the – the persistence that they had, just the asset gaining. Okay, cool. We don't we don't have free agency. So guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna take our cap and leverage it with guys that need to unload bad contracts. Now we're getting I always called a, um, uh, a salary cap is the team is your way to a team soul. That's how I always look at it. That's your that's your keys to another team soul is your salary cap. And you can use it to your leverage if you know what you're doing. And they did that summer to the utmost degree. So absolutely, absolutely.
0: His name is Ed Memphis. He has been very kind enough to join us. Obviously, we've talked some about the Grizzlies and, you know, really talking about 2K and things like that. You can find Ed on Twitter at Square Business. Is that correct? It's S-Q-U-A-R-E-B-I-D-N-E-S-S. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. That's correct. You can also find me on Instagram at man on D square. No uh, underscore page, You know, just spelled exactly the way it sounds. Man on b square. Um, you can also find me Ed Memphis on Google. I've been mean, on um, Spotify, iTunes, yeah, Google Play, Apple Music. Uh, you know, artist, and uh, we'll talk about that here in the upcoming, of course, of what was going on with that too.
0: Well, so that that's the thing that I wanted to lead into. You know, Ed, you know, we've talked about the Grizzlies, talked about 2K, and now we're and, and now focusing on Grizzly Bear Blues. Obviously, you know, when people think of Grizzly Bear Blues, they think of the content through articles and things like that. Obviously, we're looking to really focus on expanding the podcast experience for listeners. But listeners, when it comes to you, also have the potential for more. Your talents exceed just what you put on paper what you write you have musical aspirations as well musical talents um so ed tell us a little bit about what you've got going on in terms of your personal life with some projects you've got working up um through the ed memphis brand and in in social media
1: well yeah definitely uh and i appreciate you even giving me the opportunity to even do that uh but to speak directly to that um uh, definitely as an artist um it's actually what inspired me to even become a, a sports writer. Um, I was, you know, just to be totally honest with you, uh, dry on the budget, and I knew promotion was important, marketing is important. You got to constantly figure out some type of way to keep scratching and crawling, even if you're on your last dying breath. At some point, you got to keep scratching and crawling. So uh, I said, man, you know, I saw that I could, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm dope with the sport, so I could always, you know, see if I can turn my hand at that. And I, what I can do is, is you know, I can also, I'm, of course, I'm going to use my brand name regardless. So uh, I'm just going to push myself also in that aspect, and I'm still getting myself out there to the people. People still see my name, and then they're seeing it in a different light. So uh, that's actually um, my work as an artist is what inspired me to get into sports, right? So, um, and not just as an artist. What I've done is created a brand. It's, it's LCA Marketing. So we're More so a multimedia outlet. We do um, different forms of marketing, marketing consultation, promotional marketing, street campaigns, all different types of stuff. So that's pretty much how I make my living, uh, how I feed my family. And what we got going on right now, uh, of course, we got a couple of projects online. Uh, One of them is called FDM. You can check that out. It's on Google, Google Play, iTunes and all of that. Um, also another one is called Mind for Yours. So that's another project. It's more hip hop ish. It's more um, boom boom bap. It was my first project just getting into it and it was kinda of more resonant of where I was coming from at that time, basically from the street culture, from the you know, the real street. So um the F A Memphis project is a little more of me trying to get into what was current and just kinda of going against the grain. That's why I kinda of call it F Memphis. So it's basically just me going against the grain of what I traditionally would do, which is smooth records, you know, the player type music, the riding music, the uh, smooth hip hop, the streets, you know, that that old school, I guess, type of vibe. Uh, I was going against the grain with that. So that's the reason why I gave it that title. So both of those projects are already out. And what I'm getting ready to release is a project that's called Circle B, Smoke Sausage and Jungle Juice. uh that project is a Memphis concert project. I wanted to do something that specifically spoke to Memphis and what my experience was like growing up here. And of course, the circle B smoke sizes is one of my favorite food. You know, I eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I <laughs> out every little way to eat it. So that's, uh, you know, part of the inspiration of the title. And then the jungle juice is, you is know, my favorite juice. So, you know, that just, you know, one plus one equals two and then one thing about it it's one of the only cities where you can get both of those products yeah. i've been you know as many cities as i go to you can't really find those two products definitely not both of them in the same city so um i figured that if i put them two two together that you know the messians the the that came for here you know they'll know what that is and they'll know what's up so that project is a um, the, the the sound, the concept of the project musically is inspired by all of the old um, Memphis hip-hop music. So these are records that we sampled from Gangsta Black to Gangsta Pat to Three C's Mafia to Project Pat to Yo Gotti, A-Ball, MJG, um, different, all these different artists that we sampled. Um, we decided to make this new same uh, uh Street Album, whatever you want to call it just something i wanted to put out musically so um it's something i feel that, that i figured that would really uh resonate with the city i know that these are records that folks enjoy and appreciate it they're representing mrs culture especially the hip-hop culture to the fullest so um the next one it's actually going to be a series so the next one is going to be more of just mrs records series so i'm going to pull records from bb uh, B. king to elvis I'm going to sample records from Jerry Lewis. I don't know how I'm going to be able to get it clear. I guess me just dropping it as a mixtape is a safe move to make. So until I get the money up, to get it cleared or whatever. But, you know, that's the next project that be coming from us musically. And we also do merch. We have shirts. We have hats. Uh, we got lighters. We got different merch that we have out. We had a, a website up, but i am deciding to rebrand the website. So that's coming soon, and for now, you can definitely get at us on the on the Instagram or on the Twitter for the merch, um, and you know we just got a lot of different little things going in there, Max, you know, juggling and finessing.
0: As stated, his name is Ed Memphis. Uh, we, we mentioned again at Square Business, business on Twitter. Uh, you can also find him on Instagram. Ed, want to thank you so much for joining us. I, I You were a pleasure to speak with a lot of great content. Um, I look forward uh, to, to, to definitely talking with you again and uh, now being a part of the team over at Grizzly Bear Blues, really, really seeing uh, where opportunities take you. It seems like you've got a lot of great things, a lot of great opportunities uh, coming your way for the public here soon. So everybody uh, definitely uh, stay in touch with him. Thanks so much for joining us today, Ed.
1: Man, vice versa, man. And make sure y'all check out Circle b Smoke, sausage and Jungle Juice, the project, the mixtape and the documentary coming soon, man. I appreciate you having me on Sean. It's been a pleasure, man. I look forward to working with you in the future.
0: Yeah, give me just a second as we uh, get off here, and I'll talk with you for a second as we're off the air. But, folks, uh, you will catch us again uh, this week. Obviously, um, some some exciting news going on. We'll see what happens with Dwight Howard, obviously with Andre Iguodala. But as always, whenever stuff breaks or just for regular content, we'll have you covered here on the 3D Podcast.